0: Episode sixty six: How to teach our kids about sustainability. You're listening to the Journey to Organization podcast with Rebecca Saltzman, advice to help you clear your clutter and your mind. Hello and welcome to Journey to Organization. I'm Rebecca Saltzman from Balagan Gone Personal Organization, and in today's episode, I want to talk to you about a question that I get fairly frequently. How do you teach your kids about sustainability? Now, the thing is, is that it's kind of a tricky subject. (laughs) Um, How do we teach our kids about anything, right? Before I dive into the topic today, I just wanna say that over the next few weeks, I'm gonna be having some really amazing interviews that I'm really, really excited for. And I also wanna take some time to answer listener questions. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to alternate listener questions with interviews over the next few weeks. So if you have any questions, please feel free to reach out via email, Rebecca, R-E-B-E-K-A-H, at balaganbegon.com, B-A-L-A-G-A-N-B-E-G-O-N-E.com. You can also direct message me on Instagram or on Facebook because either way, I'll answer. If you don't get an answer right away, please be patient, sometimes I don't see them. You can always ask again or send a friend request. I'm also gonna be traveling in the U.S. and I still have some slots available while I'm in New York for home consultation and I have some consultations um, in the Silver Spring area if anybody would like to have a consultation there. I love doing home consultations, they're probably my most favorite thing to do. But if you can't get a home consultation with me, don't worry, soon I'm going to start announcing the details of uh, the next run of my challenge course, Conquer Your Clutter, which is going to start October 7th after Sukkot. There will be uh, a coupon code for early uh, waitlisters. So if you are interested in subscribing to the new course, please go to RebeccaSaltzman.com That's R-E-B-E-K-A-H-S-A-L-T-Z-M-A-N.com and sign up for the waitlist and we'll send you a coupon code when registration opens. The reason why I wanted to talk about sustainability during the three weeks and before Tisha B'Av is because part of the reason why the Chachamim say that the temple was destroyed is because we were always looking for riches and money and we couldn't be kind to each other we didn't like each other we hated each other and uh, we didn't have a good relationship with one another and i think that that sometimes comes from um, how we relate to ourselves and the thing about sustainability is that there's several sort of arms to sustainability. There's what happens inside our home to make organizations sustainable sustainable, and then there's what happens outside of our home so that a the organization stays sustainable and b so that the environment stays functioning. Um, let's talk first about the organization aspect of things because I think it's really important to understand why I think sustainability and organization are related. So. For those of you who have been listening for a while, you probably already know this, but it's worth repeating because sometimes I think we forget and I even have to remind myself sometimes. When you organize, it's not a good idea to just go ahead and spend money on containers willy-nilly. It can cost thousands of shekels or dollars, whatever currency you're uh, paying in. It can cost a lot of money to go to IKEA or the container store or wherever you like to get your containers and just go ahead and buy containers it's not a great idea. (laughs) I don't love doing it. But here's the thing. When you buy containers, you're just creating a system for storing the stuff you already have. You're not actually reducing what you have. And you're actually saying to yourself, like, it's okay. I can keep all of this stuff as long as it's contained and systemized and organized. And you can keep stuff, that's true. But your life will be a lot better when you actually... Have less, So it's a good idea to start reducing what you have, reduce the clutter that you have, and teaching your kids to reduce what they have so that they're living with only things that they need. Now, what you need is different for everybody, but it's important to be able to understand that there's a big difference between what we need and what we want. I think once you can understand that there's the difference between the need and the want and that a lot of things that we have in our homes are really unnecessary and when we move on from them, how do we maintain the the organization that we've achieved? And if you want to maintain the organization that you've achieved after you declutter, it's important to understand that a sustainable lifestyle is really going to accent and help you maintain the clutter-free existence that you've had. See, the thing is, is a lot of times we go shopping without purpose. Part of being sustainable is, shopping is not, you know, totally off the radar when you're sustainable, but part of being sustainable is that if you do need to go shopping, you consider where your purchase comes from, who's making your purchase, I'm sorry, who's producing your product. You're You're gonna wanna consider what you already have in relation to this product, like, are you replacing something else? And if you are replacing something else, what's going to happen to the product that you're replacing? Because if you declutter your whole closet and you say, look, I really did a good job and I feel like I have a lot of really good pieces, but I feel like I'm missing a good black skirt and a good white blouse. And you go to the store in search of a good black skirt and a good white blouse. And then you come home with six black skirts and a gray one and six white blouses and also a pink one and a teal one. That isn't sticking to your list and that doesn't make the decluttering that you've achieved sustainable. So it's important that when you make up that you need something. You decide that this is the list of things that you need. You stick to the lists because when you stick to the list, you're avoiding going back to the problem of having too much that you had before. So when you shop with purpose and when you shop with specific ideas in mind, it's going to be a lot easier to maintain the organization, but it's also a more sustainable way of shopping because I mean, I don't know about you, but my pocketbook doesn't have a bottomless money stack in it. <laughs> I, I can't just buy whatever I want. I have to think about my purchases and I have to save for my purchases. And I think that's an important aspect to sustainability is shopping with purpose and teaching our kids to shop with purpose, teaching our kids that when we go shopping, whether it's grocery shopping or clothes shopping or school supply shopping or whatever kind of shopping we need to do that making a list and sticking to the list is important. Now, I know for sure that a lot of times I'm going grocery shopping, let's say, and I'll see something and it won't be on my list and I'll jog my memory and like, oh yeah, I do need that. And that does definitely happen from time to time, but in general, especially when I'm shopping for clothes, that almost never happens. I am thorough about what the kids need and the kids and I talk about what they need and I think about significantly what I need. So I think when we really give thought to what we need and we teach our kids to be thoughtful about what we need, and again, we need to teach the kids different between want and need, but it's possible to do that and it's possible for the kids to understand. Now, this is not a one-time conversation that we have with our children. This has to be an ongoing conversation. I mean, I've been working on this for five years with my kids and, like, it takes time for them to realize that, you know, we have to differentiate between what we want and what we need. And I think I told you a couple of weeks ago, I went to the dentist with my kids and my kids opted out of taking the cheapo toys. And I was like, really, really happy because wow, that's a milestone. It's hard for a nine year old and an 11 year old to resist, you know, a free toy from the dentist. But I thought that it was a huge thing that they were able to say, I don't really need this. I understand that it's going to break and that I'm just going to have to throw it out. And My mom's going to tell me to clean my room 16 times and annoy me. So I'm just going to bypass it. And that was like a win for me. I think we can get there with our kids, it just takes practice. The same way if we want our kids to do anything, we have to remind them and have an ongoing conversation. And the same is true when it extends outside of our homes. We expect our kids when they leave the house to, you know, still maintain levels of kashrut that we observe in the house, right? So how can we expect them? to, or we should expect them to be able to sustain these sort of levels when they leave our house in terms of what kind of things we use in the home. So my kids know how to choose items when they're shopping. So they know that they pick glass first, then uh, paper, then metal, then plastic. And they understand now the hierarchy of how things work in the supermarket in terms of recycling and what we can reuse in the house and all that kind of stuff. And they do make good choices or at least better choices now that we've been talking about this in the house and now that we've been practicing this in the house and I think that that is really the key. When you lead by example in your house, your kids are going to follow you and it might take time and you'll probably have to repeat yourself a lot, but that's true in all things related to parenting and in all things that we want to teach our kids. We have to repeat ourselves over and over and over again like a broken record or else it can't get through their heads. My kids are actually visiting my mom right now and it's just been me and my husband which has been an amazing, amazing honeymoon for us and uh, I just want to publicly thank my mother who is a saint for taking my children um, (laughs) and who I love very much. But when it's been just the two of us, I kind of noticed that our shopping habits are a little bit different. And I have a little more time when I'm grocery shopping now, because it's just me and my husband, I don't have to feel so rushed anymore. And it was so such an eye opening experience a few weeks ago when we were shopping together. And everything was like in plastic. And I had forgotten. To bring some containers with me. I had my bags for my produce and stuff, but even the produce was like really wrapped in plastic. And I was just like, wow, everything comes in plastic. And perhaps I'm a little bit more conscientious about it right now because there's this program going on called plastic free July. And I sort of, I've said to myself, I'm going to try to be plastic free in July, but I realize how hard it is in Israel to actually go plastic free. <laughs> um, it means no yogurt (laughs) it means no milk it means um, no meats which isn't a big deal during the nine days but in general that's what it means and not only that but just things even things like bread there are some um, stores that we shop at that all the bread is wrapped in plastic. Now in Israel, some of the bread you can buy open and without the plastic bag, so that's nice, but um, not always. <laughs> and you just, like in Israel now, they started putting eggs, a lot of the companies have started putting eggs in uh, plastic, and so it's a good argument to go vegan, I guess, but even a lot of the fruits and vegetables sometimes are wrapped in plastic. Potatoes usually come in a bag that's netting, but it's plastic, and I don't know why but I always see broccoli wrapped in plastic here and a lot of foods you can't buy fresh here so you have to buy them frozen and those come wrapped in plastic too and the plastic bags are really really difficult to recycle and the reason why I'm making such a big deal about plastic is because recycling is just a band-aid it allows us to feel good about the amount that we use without having to take responsibility for what we're using. Yesterday, I was with a client and she had a nine-year-old daughter. And the daughter said to me, where are you gonna take all the stuff that we're decluttering? And I said, well, anything that I can't donate, I'll probably just take to the recycling bin or I will take to the recycling bin. And she said, well, I am the number one recycler in our house, I make sure all the plastic bottles we use get recycled. And I'm like, that's great, but what happens to them when they get recycled? and she said you know they go to the plants and they get melted down and i said that's true they get melted down and they can be reused one time and then that's it they can never be recycled again and then there and then we started talking about trash and i said to her where does the trash go and she says well the garbage man come and they pick it up and i said well where did they take it to and she's like the trash and i'm like okay but where is that and she said to me i don't know and i said well that's the landfill and I said do you know what happens at the landfill and she said no and I said well the garbage gets packed in really tight and pushed into a giant pit and then it gets covered and covered and covered and then when it's full they pack it in and it's like a garbage mountain and the thing is is that even things that would break down normally like food scraps or even paper that might break down over time can't break down in the landfill because there's not enough oxygen passing around for things to decompose and we went on to talk about um, that when that happens, the tightness of the landfill also produces methane gas, which can be dangerous and needs to be um, released from the landfill safely. And she was a little bit surprised, and and most people are. And the thing about it is that just using less is really the key. And during the nine days and the three weeks where we're not eating meat and we're not shopping for new clothes, I think it's a really eye-opening time for us and we could see really how far we can go without or how much we can do without and we're more conscientious about what we're buying in general because we're not buying meat and we're not buying clothes and we're thinking very much about what these purchases mean to us during this time now obviously if there's something that you need um, you know you should buy it if you know you were desperately in need of underwear then yeah okay you would buy it but the point is is that we're really thoughtful about not consuming during this time and not consuming overly during this time and I think that it's a lesson that we can put forth to the rest of the year about consumption be thoughtful about your consumption. Don't You don't have to live a life in mourning all the time, but we can be thoughtful about what we do purchase. Maybe we decide that any purchase that we need to make, we're going to put off for one week during the month and we're only going to purchase during a certain time of the month. Um, maybe like extra things like clothing or something like that so that we have time to think and consider our purchases. Obviously, we can't do that with food. but being more thoughtful about what we're purchasing, I think it definitely makes a difference and I would love to hear your thoughts and your feedback. So please reach out to me and tell me if not purchasing during this week is even something that's on your radar. Are you even thinking about it? I know that a lot of people also don't do laundry during this time period. Uh, I know that maybe you're happy that you have a lot of extra clothes, but if you needed the clothes, you would wash them, right? But the thing is, is that how much extra do we really need? I bet you don't want to face that big giant pile of laundry in the laundry room, right? If we are conscientious about maybe spraying something with a linen spray in between so that we're not running the washing machine all the time, then perhaps we can extend, you know, one more wear out of it so that we have one less piece of clothing to wash. And that's not only good for us in the long run because, you know, that means we have less laundry to wash, but it also means that we're using less water and energy to clean our clothes. And this is the stuff that is what sustainability is. And teaching our kids this is teaching just like anything else that we want them to understand. And it's important to understand that we have the ability to teach this to our kids at our fingertips. There are already these um, ethos set up in Judaism that allow us to exemplify restraint. We in In general, I feel like we are a very restrained religion, and we don't, you know, go to the excess. So it's important to say this is an important aspect of Judaism, and it's not just and it, and it's clear during the three weeks that this is not what we value. We don't value eating excessive amounts of meat. We don't value purchasing new things. These are not the things that are important to us, and so. When we're deciding how we want to bring these topics up with our children, the key is really going to be repetition, saying it over and over and over and over and over again, but also pointing out where these mitzvahs are or where these qualities are exemplified throughout the year in Judaism. So now during the three weeks, we also, you know, use restraint during Sfirah to Omer during the time between Pesach and Shavuot. We use restraint also during Chol Hamoed, uh, especially like related to laundry. Um, a lot of people don't do laundry then. Um, We have mitzvot about how we're supposed to treat animals. We have mitzvot about how we're supposed to treat workers. We have mitzvot about cutting down trees. We have mitzvot, mitzvot about when we're supposed to eat fruit from trees. You know, a tree has to be three years old. We're not allowed to cut down fruit trees in times of war. We do have opinions on how to value our workers. And I think that that's an important aspect to sustainability. When we're choosing what to buy we need to think about who's making our clothes. Where are, th- where are the factories? How are the conditions of these factories? How much do the workers who are making our clothes get paid? Sure, it's easy to go into a store that's selling a $2 t-shirt or even a $1 t-shirt and be like, hey, this is a great price. But how much is the person who is sell- who is making this t-shirt, who's actually sewing the t-shirt, making 50 cents? probably less, probably a couple pennies per shirt. What are the working conditions that they're working in? Would we want our children to work in these kind of conditions? I'm not saying we need to buy $500 shirts. I'm saying there are brands out there that use more... um, that are ensuring that the workers are getting paid and that they have better conditions and these are also important values and part of being sustainable because there are companies like that who are not only about caring about the workers but they also care about the fabrics that we use a lot of the fabrics that we use are not good for our water supply if you wash microfiber in the washing machine every time you wash water in the wash wash microfiber in the washing machine little beads of plastic from the fabric get into our water supply and they're really difficult to filter out and so when we don't think about the bigger picture we not only hurt ourselves, both from an organizational perspective but also from an environmental perspective but we also hurt other people and I think this is the main thing that we have to think about, especially during this time period. We have got to start thinking about other people when we purchase. And I know that's hard, and I know it can hurt your pocketbook, but then part of the issue would be you're purchasing too much. Purchase less. Think about who we're purchasing from. Make a commitment to retailers who are committed to... Doing good things for the environment and doing good things for their workers, and stick to those brands because they're a good investment in our future. I want to just say one more thing about sustainability and why I think it's important to teach our kids. And I think also that when we use too much in excess, um, we're teaching our kids that it's okay to have. 35 shirts. It's okay to have 16 pairs of sneakers. It's okay to have, you know, 35 watches. I mean, it's okay, but are the material things the things that we really value? I mean, after all, we know in a Jewish burial procedure, you're not allowed to take anything with you. (laughs) So all these things that you accumulate in your life, They're going to be there for other people to clean up for you, number one. And number two is that they're going to be there. They don't necessarily go away. And it's important to understand that so much of what we have in our homes is too much. Most of us don't really need everything we have. And I think when we sit down and we're honest with ourselves, and if we sit down and have an honest conversation with our partners, that we'll really understand what we have in our homes is too much, and we don't really need it. And I think when we have a clear guideline for ourselves about what we think is too much, and then we sit down and discuss that with our partners, and then we go forward and discuss that with our children, we can make and implement real change in our homes where we're wasting less, using less, purchasing less, and saving money, but the real benefit, in my opinion, not just the saving money, is that the clarity that comes along with having less and using less, and dialing back from the need to always have more, is tremendous. I cannot even begin to tell you that after every single session I have with a woman, she says to me, getting dressed is so easy now. I, n- I love everything that I have in my closet. I know exactly what I want to wear in the morning when I get up. I never have to think about it. I'm spending much less time getting dressed every day. And I think that that's a huge life change. It's so Im- It's so important that we're not wasting time considering what we're going to wear all day long, right? We don't need to think so much about those things. Hey, I have told you before that we only get a certain amount of decisions that we're able to make every single day. And once we're past that, it becomes too hard to make real decisions anymore. Why would you want to waste good decision making capacity on what you're going to wear? It just doesn't make sense. So make things easier in your life having less does that for you. Remind your kids that this is true all the time. And if you need help or you're you're stuck, please reach out to me and we can either do an in-home service or you can sign up for the Conquer Your Clutter class because honestly, I cannot even begin to tell you the success that my students and my clients have after we're done working together is tremendous. So even if you're feeling like you're in a good place, it's always good to you know, do a second pass with a professional because a professional can really, really get you to that next level. But also start doing things by yourself. Do the best you can. Try to get less. It, it will make just a huge difference in your life. Remind your kids over and over and over again. I know it's annoying and that we hate to be annoying, but when you remind them, Eventually, it will become part of them. Remind them to use less, to consume less, to be more conscientious about what they are consuming, and to be more considerate about the things that they do want to purchase, and really make sure that it's a purchase that they want to make. I wish you all a meaningful Tish B'Av, and um, over the next few weeks, like I said, I will be traveling, and I will be able to have access to my email, and I'll do my best to be putting out podcasts every single week. I have great, great interviews, and I'm really looking forward to sharing them all with you, so please stay tuned. And if there's any topics or questions that you want to hear about, please reach out to me and let me know. I also want to wish you all a sustainable, plastic-free week. Do the best you can. and. Always know that doing the best you can is all that you can do. So just keep trying to always do better because that's really the key. Don't forget to remind yourself of your mantras. Mine is, Hashem is taking care of it for me, but you can use. Hashem is keeping everything organized for me if you like that one better. I also would love to hear your mantras, so please drop those out for me if you want to tell me I'd love to hear them. And I wish you all a happy, successful week at organizing. Thanks for listening to the Journey to Organization podcast. You can find Rebecca on Twitter and Instagram at BalaGonBegan and on Pinterest as Rebecca Saltzman. Visit BalagonBegon.com for resources and to join the mailing list to get podcast updates.